What's going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is your co-host, Ridge, here with Chiss. Chiss, what's going on? Monday evening, good to be back, uh, hanging in there. A lot of football this weekend, a lot this week coming up. It's getting me going. I was out yesterday, 30-degree weather, kicking the ball around by myself. I've got the, got the fever right now. Yeah, it was a little messed up, actually, that you didn't invite me to that. Yeah, yeah. It was a little solo training session. I gotta yeah. keep a leg up in the competition here. In I just got a, I got a Snapchat. Uh, by the way, who uses Snapchat? But I get a Snapchat. Chris is just at this park, just just hoofing volleys at the crossbar by I was himself. Ripping volleys. <laughs> just thirty-three weather. Strangers walking by, wondering what I'm doing. It was fun. Um, we're desperate for football in person in Chicago, but let's pivot over to what's been happening. Um, what is it? It's six hours. Yeah, six hours ahead of us uh, over in the UK. TV recap of what we're going to be covering today on the pod. We're going to be talking a little bit about the cup final. We know it's not Premier League, but there were two Premier League teams playing in the final, and there was some interesting drama that went down. And it'll give us the opportunity to talk about Chelsea, which will make to. which will make Chris really Big happy. Story. Um, and then after that, we're going to talk Man U Liverpool a little bit. That was a huge fixture this weekend that we previewed on the pod. Um, I've got some reactions and got a little bit of a rant that I. Just a forewarning early in the pod for you guys. Talk about best performances over the weekend. We're going to talk about uh, Watford's massive win, Delphi's hat trick, Palace as well. Hit some of the fixtures. Then I've got trivia. I'm going to throw Chris's way. And then we'll give you the predictor app. We really appreciate some of the responses we got last week um, and highlights. We had someone make a quick run at it. Ooh, so yeah, we'll give a little shout out to our top performer of the week, but you got to wait till later in the pod to hear it. He was very close to winning free money. So again, free money, NBC predictor app. NBC, you're not paying us anything, but we're plugging your app. Please download that. Tweet that. Links to it and stuff. Yeah, come on. That's really fun. We already got um, a couple entries for this week, so tweet them our way. But we'll get to that later. Um, So, Chris, let's jump straight into. I mean, the cup final with your beloved Chelsea. They (laughs) they uh, Chris has a Chelsea tattoo we got this weekend before the final. I don't Um, like them. Stop. uh, So it was it was nil nil. Relatively boring game, similar to the Manchester United Liverpool. There was a full, you could almost watch a full day of football right there and not see a goal. Um, I was really excited and I basically did watch a full day of football and didn't see a goal unless you count the penalties at the end. Um, it was interesting though because this one, with all the drama that Chelsea's been going through, the players aren't behind the club, they're getting blown out uh, left and right. They came in and played really well against City. I mean, they had a really good defensive strategy. They didn't play Nwain. They played Hazard in that kind of like false nine yeah. uh, forward role, and it worked out pretty well. They were probably the better team for 90 minutes at least, I would say. Yeah, they, they, they won earlier this season against Manchester City 2-0, and everyone kind of thought, all right, Chelsea's going to go on a bit of a run here and prove how good they are, and then the opposite happened. Major story, so for those who didn't see, uh, the game finished 0-0. Manchester City won in penalties. Um, Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling hitting hitting the winner top bins. Pep Guardiola didn't watch um, top corner top bins. But the headline actually happened kind of as the penalty started. So with well, cup, but cup the two three minutes before that, right? So as cup games go, to for those who don't know, essentially what happens is you go into extra time, which isn't golden goal. It's not like sudden death. It's just a thirty minute extra time period, two fifteen minute halves. So you at ninety minutes of football, which was nil nil, and then another thirty minutes afterwards. So by the end of the hundred twentieth minute, you know you kind of know you're going up into penalties, and so teams will make tactical adjustments. Uh, to bring in like penalty takers, guys who are, I guess, famous or quote unquote penalty takers. Composed. Um, composed, yeah. Also, uh, 
side note, I didn't realize, I don't know when they made this change, maybe I'm an idiot, but that you can make a fourth sub in extra time now. Is that new? Do we know? Yeah, that is rel- that is new. I don't know if it's new this season. I'm, it's new over the last two years. So obviously you get three subs in 90 minutes. They added this, I don't know when, but recently, and now you get an extra sub in the last 30 minutes, which everyone's gassed, and also a good time to sub on a penalty taker. Yes, and I like that. Move actually, I like that rule change because I think it's, oh, I think it's a good move because right. people get tired. Yeah, it livens up the game. Now the drama happens. I was actually streaming it on my phone while I was eating crepes. Went to Paris once. Now I eat crepes, but I was streaming and it, I couldn't really believe what was happening. So what happened was Kepa as Bilaraga, who is the most expensive. I think I said that right. Well, they were saying on TV with a little bit of a list. It was like. I don't know. I can't really do that impression of it, but it was very lispy. I don't know if it was right or not. Very lispy. I thought Babalaga. So, Kepa, who's the the Chelsea keeper, is a young goalkeeper. He's the most expensive goalkeeper in the world per the last transfer window where they bought him. Uh, I think they bought him for what? 60 something million? Yeah, 65, 60. Yes, an absurd amount of money. And he hasn't been that great. Like, supposed to be really decent. Supposed to be really good with his feet. Um, I mean, you could go out and buy like a Petter check for next to nothing, who is good. I feel like it's not like a huge upgrade having Keppa. Anyway, there, um, so Keppa, there was a series of events, which is a lot of speculation. I'll just tell you what happened and then we'll interpret. Keppa went down with an injury. Looks the, like a cramp. The medical, the medical team came on. Apparently it was a cramp type deal. They stretch him out. Chelsea's backup goalie, Willie Caballero, who's a former Manchester City goalkeeper. A lot of insight in the dressing room there. Starts stretching on the sideline. Maurizio Sarri goes up to the fourth official, says we're going to bring on Willie Caballero. Sub our goalkeeper, we're going to bring on Willie Caballero. Willie Caballero, also kind of a low-key penalty specialist, too. He's more of like a shot-stopping type keeper, so you would think he'd be suited better for penalties. Yeah, he kind of looks like a bad guy in, like, yeah, the movie Taken. Yeah, he looks like he should be the villain on like the Italian job or something. Ooh, good. Or, and he has that little like soul patch type thing. Yeah, I wouldn't have got Edward Norton though. Legendary role. Anyway, movie. so he would be a good penalty option. So Willie Caballero have that warming up. up. He gets his gloves on on the bench. Notorious sign of goalkeepers coming on. He actually puts his gloves on, velcros them tight, and then Keppa stands up, starts frantically waving off. The substitution says, like, no, 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 waving his arms, throwing him up in the air, basically, like, said, like, you know, yelling something in Catalan Spanish, saying, you know, don't bring me off, don't bring me off. Maurizio Sari is under the impression that Kep is injured, turns around, throws a water bottle, it gets super pissed off, loses his mind. It looked like he tried to leave. And then tried to, like, walk down the tunnel out of the stadium, and then he came back, and Kepa was just like, no, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying. Meanwhile, um, Caballero's like going back. Yeah, Caballero's was like, should I go sit back down? Should I go back to the sideline? And Sorry's like bringing him on, and then Kepa's like waving him back. This is going on for about like, three minutes. Yeah, and like everybody's just the watching. Just the game stopped. stopped. The game stopped. The referee's over there like, do you want to make the sub? Do you not want to make the sub? Willie Caballero obviously wants to play, but I don't think he like wants to be a dick, and so he's not like getting on the field. I feel like he could have been a little Kepa more. Kepa is being a dick. Yeah, I feel like Willie could have been a little more of a, a Willie could have been a dick there. He could have been a little bit more assertive. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he hadn't played all match. Like, I I understand from Kepa's perspective, we can kind of break this down now. So that's basically what happened. Aftermath was Kepa didn't do a great job of the penalties. Should have saved one that he didn't. They ended up losing. Sorry. Not just shouldn't save, not just should have saved one. One went through his it arms. It went through his arm. He guessed the right way. Bad. It was low and it went underneath him. Bad. Um, after the match, Apparently, Sorry comes out and says that it was all misunderstanding. He, says, he sorry. bumped at Keppa. Sorry, 
He thought Kappa was hurt, and he wasn't, so it was a misunderstanding, and he made the right move. Meanwhile, Kappa gets fined by the club. I don't and know you gotta wonder: gonna Are they gonna keep Keppa? There's so many puns to be had. Sorry, Keppa. The Keppa. Keppa. This is it's too much, you know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't even know if we pronounce it 100 percent right. I don't know no. how he would say it, but anyway. Um, so I mean, there's a lot, a lot coming out of this. You know, I don't even know where to start. But I just think, I think, I hope that paints paints a, a mental picture for for everybody listening. Obviously, Chris is distraught and in tears, clutching his pillow the entire time because Chelsea's about to lose and he's really frustrated. No, if I'm a real Chelsea supporter, I wanted sorry sack months ago. This is true. He's been there for months too. Long. So, so obviously, everyone's saying sorry out, sorry out, sorry out again. I, I mean. I've never seen. I guess there's two two things I want to say. One, I've never seen such dissent and such a reaction from a player in the Premier League. There was uh, I've been seeing a couple things that Messi apparently did this a few years ago. He refused to be sub off, but it's also Lionel Messi. This isn't Lionel Messi. I've never seen a player th- at that point in the game, such a high profile game in the Cup final, refuse that. And then it's not like there was a lot of pressure afterwards. He would have gone saved everything in the shootout. Would have been like, oh my god, he's a genius! What a brilliant competitor! Instead, no, he lets one go through his arms and then they lose. It, it is. It, it was very indicative of the lack of control and composure and communication that Sari has with the club and his players. And then afterwards, there's all this nonsense saying Kepa, Kepa saying, oh, I respect my manager. I respect my manager. I respect my manager. I just wasn't injured and I didn't need to come off. That's absolute garbage. That's just just in the way he was throwing up his arms. Like, what are you doing? What are you like? Like, oppa. He's like saying, like, no way, I'm coming off. Like, no. If you if you weren't injured and what is going to say on, why not tell? Why not run over there or tell your captain saying, hey, I'm good. I don't need to come off. Let Maurizio know. That's enough communication there. I I mean, I think the biggest thing about it, I think, is. It's just really – it's an embarrassing look for Sari. There was already all this speculation in the media that he has no discipline over the players at this point. They're not motivated by him. They're not really backing him. And then to see that in front of everybody at that point in the game in a cup final and and he couldn't do anything. I mean he – it was like three minutes of just back and forth and Keppo was not moving. He was acting like a little baby. And Sari's losing his mind, but I don't know if you can really come back from that. Sari's acting like a baby too. I don't – I mean Sari's acting like a baby, but – <laughs> He's acting like a, an angry parent when the babies won't stop doing stupid stuff. You yeah, know, like it's. It, I, I, just, I, I have to I think if you have to take a side, you have to take Sorry's side because at the end of the day, I, when I was watching, I wasn't even sure that they're making the sub because oh, I, of an injury. I disagree. First. I thought that I, I take. I think I take Kepa's side. I mean, I actually firmly disagree I mean, with you that. Gotta, you gotta give some respect to your boss. I think he's a competitor in that moment. I think any real yeah, because competitor... you would do that in that moment. Right. Like, any real competitor wants to stay on the field, but I, I think that Sorry needs to exhibit control and leadership of the team, and it just looks that much worse because they lost. If had I mean, they, he had they did won, try to exhibit control of the team. It, it no, because... Work. What's he going to do, run out on the pitch and drag him off? No, you make the sub. You put Will Caballero on the field, and then either Kepa gets sent off or... Um, he he's forced to come off. Like you're you you you're in control. You're in the power there. Sorry, if you send Willie Caballero onto the field, all is done. I don't think he had any power left. I mean, so what? Kepa's just going to protest against his own team and stay on the field? Like that's what was happening. It's, it's kind of like a big dick contest. And if you're Maurizio, sorry, you have to have the bigger dick. You have to. Like you can't lose in that situation. It's indicative of again. I mean, uh, I don't think it looked like Kepa won. It, he it looked did. like he, a baby. Then he messed up in the penalties, and they lost, and then he got fined, and he has to come out and say that he has respect for the manager. I mean, like, 
they both lost. Like, Sorry definitely lost, but I'm going to take his side if I have to pick a side there. I'm not saying we have to pick sides because yeah. it's Chelsea. Well, anyway, the other news, Whatever, with, yeah. the other news with Chelsea uh, after that game, and there's a lot to take for it. You haven't seen the video for it. It's just like a two-minute clip. Go for it. Never uh, seen anything like it. No, never. Um, well, we said that last week about Sun Mania. So this is a very no, different I did thing. see something like Sun Mania one time, but we okay. can't get into that. <laughs> um, and the other news with Chelsea is now they're under a transfer embargo as well. So transfer embargo, uh, basically a transfer ban. They're banned now for two windows for making a transfer. So can't buy uh, buy a player. They can only sell, have outbound transfers. So that would take them to basically next summer. Yeah. So the, the things almost to, a year and a half away from getting. Yeah. Players. The things to note about this transfer embargo really interesting. The way they got the transfer embargo is the first thing to know. Chelsea are very notorious in England right now for buying a shitload of youth players, young players uh, from other academies, bringing them to their own academy, playing them in their youth team, and then loaning them all out. There are a ton. Chelsea actually have 41 players on loan right now. There are people saying, like, if you took all of Chelsea's loanees and put them on one team, they'd be like a Premier League side, which is true, I think. I, was, um, I said that, the, and I, yeah, you're right. There are also people saying that. Um, and Maybe I'm more of a Chelsea Academy fan. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so the Chelsea Academy is loaded, like one of the best in world football because they spend a lot of money and they bring in a lot of youth and they want to bring a lot of it through. Mohamed Salah is a former Chelsea Academy graduate who they brought in at a young age. Um, and... They have apparently buying players too young and doing two things. One, registering them to play too early or playing them when they're not registered through FIFA. Um, And then secondly, they've been using third-party payments systems, so like paying agents, family members, things like that, which is something that's outlawed as well. Kind of like in the NCAA, if you like pay a parent, I guess, to like – you know, recruit their son for basketball. So, well, and I want to say one thing too, though, with the registration thing. The reason why they wouldn't be registering some of these players is because there are rules against signing players from outside of the country below a, or beneath a certain age. Yeah, it's like child labor. So, you, unless they're like sixteen or older, you can't sign them unless they're moving to the country for a different reason. So, they were kind of like copping out with all these reasons and right and so they're bringing in a lot of players like the famous signing is Bertram Traore they brought in him, him in at 15 years old he's from Burkina Faso um, obviously a massive country everyone knows where Burkina Faso is um, but they have been doing moves like that and his is a really highlighted story and so now they're banned for two summers reactions from that and what we've been seeing is obviously the, the, the embargo can be uh, appealed against so Chelsea will I mean, obviously appeal against that to try and get it lowered because what do they got to lose? And then in addition, it probably wouldn't – it's going to – that appeal process is going to take, uh, take a little while. So actually with it probably wouldn't go into effect this summer. So they'd actually have this summer to buy before this upcoming – the, the next year winter. took eight months when it happened to Barcelona, so they think it will take at least four months, yes. Right. So you would expect that Chelsea will be able to make transfers this summer and then maybe won't next winter and then won't next summer. Um, so that would be the summer of 2020. If you're a football fan, honestly, this is exciting. One, it says an interesting precedent um, for youth football and hopefully stops Chelsea from doing – basically just bringing a ton of players into England and then loaning them out, which is just kind of annoying because you'd like to see some of those players get first-team football on other teams. But then more importantly, if you're just like kind of outside and you're not a huge English football fan, Chelsea might go on an absolute rampage this summer because Barcelona in 2014 had a similar transfer ban and bought Claudio Bravo – uh, Ivan Rakitic, Marc Andre Ter Stegen, um, Luis Suarez, Jeremy Matthew. They went on an ad. They spent two hundred million pounds 
that summer because they knew they were going to be in a transfer bar go for it. So they just spent a bunch of money, loaded out in the market. Chelsea aren't short on cash either, and they might have to dump Eden Hazard this summer. So they could be spending all Chelsea lot could spend like 300 mil. And it'll probably be with a new manager. So it'll be really interesting. That's kind of the gist of it for right now. We'll have to see what happens to the appeal process. I'm actually salivating at the prospect of them breaking, of them spending between 300 and 400 million pounds in a transfer window. If Barcelona spent 200 and then they sit, they can sell Eden Hazard for like 100 and 115 million, that they would they could easily break the single single team record this summer. Anyway, that'll be exciting but to see. Will they finish top four? Yeah, you gotta wonder. Um, okay, so then that'll that will pivot us into the other nil nil game, which was Manchester United Liverpool. Um, I watched this. I actually turned it off in like the eighty sixth minute because you could just tell no one was going to get a goal, and Mohamed Salah got subbed off, and I have him in fantasy. Chris, your take on the game? Uh, another boring one. Like I said, I was really excited for uh, these Sunday matches: Liverpool, Man United, and then the cup final after with City and Chelsea. Nil nil. Uh, it was. The soccer, the football of it, was really boring. But the injury fiasco in the first half was notable. Yeah. So I think the order of it went, correct me if I'm wrong, but at first Rashford was hurt, but they kept him on. This is all United to start. Rashford got hurt really early, but they kept him on. His ankle was was definitely not in great shape. He was limping around a little bit. Then Herrera got hurt, had to come off. This was probably like 15 minutes in the match. Then Juan Mata got hurt, had to come off. Uh, probably about 20, 25 minutes in the match. They subbed on Jesse Lingard, who was already hurt, and he tweaked his hamstring. Retweaked after he was like rushed right, back. which was his injury already. Had to come off. So then they had no choice. They had to leave Rashford on. They made all three subs uh, in the first half. Not to mention Roberto Firmino also hurt his ankle. Uh, had to be, like, crutched off the field. He had to leave the match, too. So... That was a lot. Yeah, it was just a, I mean, it was a war zone in the first half. And then I'll say some other thing because I'm going to let you get into your rant here in a second. <laughs> um, United's defense held up really, really strongly against Liverpool. Uh, Solid really didn't do anything. Luke Shaw, people are raving about him. Seems like Victor Lindelof is maybe good now. So, I don't know. I mean, that was a pretty impressive defensive performance from United. Overall, not a great game, though. Yeah, Liverpool have kind of dried up on the goals a little they bit. They have slowed down. Um, and it seems like people kind of know how to play them. They're, they A lot of the dink corner balls, they tend to throw into Salah, and then he cuts in. He hasn't as looked as sharp. He hasn't looked as sharp lately. Um, and, of course, because Liverpool, you know, didn't win, um, Jurgen Klopp, with all the injuries <laughs> that happened, said that all the injuries that Manchester United got in the first half threw off Liverpool's strategy and their rhythm, and they struggled to piece string together passes and play well after that. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, wait, wait, just to interject, if you hadn't listened to the other episode, we talked about this. It was probably a couple weeks back, three weeks back maybe, when we talked about a, a litany of excuses from Jurgen Klopp, most related to weather, about why his teams always lose. But this one was pretty all-time. I mean, for fuck's sake, he said that Jurgen Klopp. The injuries we ran United through Liverpool off. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the other team got to... All right, so in just an absolute rage and fit we of, of laughter and how absurd Jurgen Klopp is, we actually just knocked over a lot of our audio equipment. I, so. I threw out my arms in outrage and almost broke a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and so the so. sound cut out, so this is us talking. Yeah, gritty, gritty studio. But, to I mean, absolutely absurd from Jurgen. Like, it, he... 
he, like the other team got too injured and that's why we didn't win. Again, just like with the referee comments he made against West Ham, it's just absolutely barbaric. And yeah, I mean, honestly, it makes me think that if Liverpool weren't doing well, and it just makes me think that there's a, there's a, there's doom at the end of the tunnel here for Jurgen Klopp because I think any coach who has that much accountability missing for his team and is in that is unable unable to say hey we didn't really play that well or we didn't do X Y and Z well, I mean at what point do your players just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and not playing well and not playing well and. I don't know. It just makes me think of him less and less as a manager. It's just absolutely pathetic. It's it's pretty dumb. I think it's just dumb. That's the way I'll describe it. I don't really have any thoughts on it. I'm, I'm not upset with your rant. I think it's dumb. Yep. Jurgen Klopp, media, dumb. Okay. Let's highlight a couple of other performances not from the top six clubs here uh, over the weekend. So first Friday match, Watford over Cardiff. It really pains me to highlight a Watford performance. Yeah, annoying, but they Impressive. I mean, yeah, they played really well. They won 5-1. Delfeu had three goals and, and an assist. Yeah, and an assist, and Troy Deeney had two. Uh, a sneaky hat trick from Delafeu. A very sneaky hat trick. And a lot Delefeu. of Delefeu. Um, a lot of the goals he had were um, kind of, I don't know, similar to like how Liverpool like to play. They, they they intercept the ball in central midfield, quickly spray it through the channels, and then he hits them all, like on the break and on the counter. They weren't like a ton of breakup play, and so uh, it just shows Cardiff's lack of quality in the middle of the. Yeah, field. I was gonna say how much of this is just because Cardiff are terrible. Yeah, Cardiff. Are we can definitely spin this. A great Watford performance. Cardiff are awful. Neil Warnock has absolutely no tactical nuance <laughs> or ability whatsoever. <laughs> We're gonna like. I don't think any uh, Cardiff supporters listen to this pod at this point, but we're going to like get uh, just a bunch of Cardiff and Huddersfield supporters that are going to somehow pick this up and start coming after us. Uh, I mean... It'll uh, a lot of heat to those yeah. clubs. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah. Anyway, um, so then uh, the other the other strong game from the weekend, and again, little little home bias to this, was Crystal Palace won over Leicester City um, and got Claude Puel, the manager of Leicester City, fired, um, sacked after the game. Uh, Palace won four one despite being outplayed for most of the first half. Uh, Mishi Batsuai got uh, opened up his Crystal Palace account with a kind of a little deflection goal after uh, Jimmy MacArthur long range effort. Uh, they went up one nil. Uh, Johnny Evans equalized one one, and then Crystal Palace just scored three goals in the last what would you say twenty five thirty minutes. Uh, and yeah. um, Wilf, Wilfred Zaha scored twice, got a little dance in after his second goal. Um, and it was good to see Wilf back on the score, score sheet, yes, to be well, honest. That's his third straight Premier League game that he's scored in. So he's got four Premier League goals in his last three appearances. Yeah, I say back on the score sheet. He's been on the score sheet. But he's been, he's been a brace. Uh, it, yeah, right? a, a brace is um, money. We love that. Yeah, I wrote in our notes, Wilf unleashed. Because I think he's really starting to play well now that they're putting someone in that center forward role, that striker yeah. role. Uh, we got Mishi in there. Benteke even played that um, a couple weeks back, and they're really like embrace in IU. So they've really been starting to embrace actually playing someone there. They're up there with Wilf and Townsend, and it's opened Wilf up where he's now more of a scoring threat that he's not playing center forward. Yeah, and I thought it was a real team performance. Uh, James Tompkins played really, really well again uh, for Crystal Palace, and he's I, think, a stud. I think he's voted man of the match by the Leicester box office or the Leicester office when he was there. He's an absolute superstar, very underrated center back, um, and so Mola. You know, so. With that, though, so now uh, Club Puel sacked at Leicester. Uh, they've been in terrible form, haven't won in the last five, four losses in their last five matches. Yeah. Uh, interesting, so we have, what, three, two months left in the season, two and a half months left in the season yeah. here? Eleven matches. So do they go with someone that they can think can just you know be a temporary holdover, like a caretaker manager, interim guy? 
or do they go after someone? They've been linked with Brendan Rodgers. Initially, it was expected that they were going to try to go after him in the summer, and now there's speculation that they might pay five or six million pounds to get him over from Celtic. Yeah, it's a very interesting time to sack your manager with like 11 games to go because like Leicester aren't going to get relegated, but no, they're, they're not going to finish. The middle of the table, they're not going to finish. Yeah, they're not going to finish really high and push for European football either. It's a very interesting time to make that move, which it kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the reaction of the fans and, and their frustration that currently how the the the, the, the club's playing. But it, I don't know. Leicester on paper, they're a good, good team. Like if I'm a, a manager trying to – like Brendan Rodgers trying to remake my name in English football or quite frankly any manager looking for a team to make a run at it, they're an attractive team. I mean they've got Wilfred Ndidi who I think is a brilliant central midfielder. I said that a few times watching the Palace game. Um, Harry Maguire, the back line's really strong. Ricardo Pereira, right back's really strong. Ben Chilwell's a few, you know England international at left back. They've got a decent back line. They could use another center back with Harry Maguire. Casper Schmeichel's captain, strong goalkeeper. Um, and then they've got, they've got some, some makings of a good squad. And they're some, willing to spend money. Yes, I, they need a new center forward because obviously Jamie Vardy's getting out of it, um, and I don't really I don't rate Jamie, Jamie Vardy, and the way that they play now hasn't really fit the way he plays. Um, you know, kind of running off, uh, you know, running off into space and into the channels. They play more of a controlled, composed, composed uh, passing style now. They've also got some good wingers like Harvey Barnes, Demar- Harvey Barnes, and uh, Damari Gray. Yuri Tillmans is a really strong player. There's yeah, a lot of talent in that team. Like, um, and so if you're trying to get into English football. I mean, again, not to repeatedly apply, apply for another job that we're back on the podcast here, but I would take that job. Well, so, and, and I mean, for people that might be a little bit more uh, just getting into football in the last couple of years, Rodgers was at Liverpool for how many years? Two, three? I think a little longer. Four. I think maybe four. Maybe four. Definitely at least three years. Um, and that was when they almost won the title last time. Yeah. So. And, yeah. Yeah. Chris Dumble or Crystal Palace uh, came from three. Yeah, three, three goals down at Sellers to, to equalize. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see what happens there. It is interesting though, with 11 games left, they could have a guy that's kind of like a temporary fill in, or they could look to get someone they're going to keep in long term. But yeah. interesting opening. Interesting time. Interesting. I, I hope they have some strategy attached to that move because it's been a tumultuous, tumultuous season for. Tumultuative, tumultuous, tumultuous, tumultuative, and other quick, other quick uh, fixtures. Obviously, Burnley won against Spurs, and Mauricio Pochettino was caught blowing up on Mike Dean after the game, which is interesting because Pochettino's you know famous for building character with his players and teaching them to be gentlemen and growing them as individuals, and then that, you know he berated Mike Mike Dean after the game. That blow up was bad enough; they had to move him off of their next match. Really? Yeah, they were supposed to be playing. Uh, or Dean was supposed to be the fourth official in their next match, and they switched him off it. Really? Yep. Interesting. The FA. And Pochettino was charged by the FA. He was. It was really bad. He was laying into him on the sideline after the game. Yeah, and no one's bad. Again, in the press conference. Which was interesting because I think that's a lot of more frustration a little bit. Burnley's a tough place to go. Burnley, I don't think I've lost in 2019. Yeah. After Jack made we're our that, stat check we're Yeah, I need, we're going to stat check on that. That's a hot take. Their last five, they had three draws and two wins. I don't know if they've like, lost this year know, since we talked about Dwight McNeil. That might have been. Oh my chance. god! It's not because Dwight McNeil. He's playing well. He had another assist. He's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, Burnley a tough side to beat right now. They, they've gotten back to classic Sean Dice fashion, where they're tough to beat at home. Um, and then obviously West Ham. Yeah, beat, you're right. They haven't lost. Anyway, there we go. go then West Ham beat Fulham, um, which is a game where I know I had Felipe Anderson in fantasy. They scored three goals, and Felipe didn't get any points. So. Yeah, I have them too. So, um, I think it's just another testament to how poor Fulham are defensively. Just it, 
yeah. terrible. I mean, they can go and lose 3-0 or, you know, 2-0 to anyone in the league, really. So, I mean, do we feel like Huddersfield and Fulham are down, down, down? I know. Uh, Huddersfield, Huddersfield have 11 points. They're 14 points behind Cardiff. Yeah, Huddersfield are smoked. They're, they're, they're long gone. Um, but then... Fulham would have to have a pretty miraculous escape here. Yes. Um, Fulham need a couple good results here at the end of the year. So, it's looking tight. Yeah, so they got to turn around quick. They've conceded 61 times in 27 matches. Not good. Um, all right, well, that kind of covers with that part of the, the pod here. You want to get into trivia? Let's do it. So after last week's borderline embarrassment, I forgot. I wouldn't say embarrassing, but we did get some texts. People yeah. were the people were angry. With the you. people were angry. Yeah, if you're. Yeah, I got. I, I'm trying to move past that. Marie, you just step up. I, I, I put out a poll a couple weeks ago on Twitter who was better at trivia, and I won pretty easily. We'll have to put out a new one in the coming weeks here and see if there's any updates. But I think I might win by more now. I shouldn't. I shouldn't correct you on this, but actually, I put out the poll. I was fishing for some compliments. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You put out the poll and then lost. Um, it. So, me, but. L- listeners, I appreciate that. Um, so, I what I talk too much because I have to go right now. So, what I've got uh, on the on the trivia front, we're gonna do three different questions. Okay. Three different questions. Three different questions. 30 seconds, 30 seconds, and then the last one's just a fun trivia, and I'll give you as much time as you want for that one. Is it just one question? I have 30 seconds to answer. Two different questions. You each have, you have 30 seconds for each one of those. Do I get multiple guesses at it? Or yeah, something? just keep okay. you know, spewing it, right? Whatever comes to mind. Okay, so the first question is which countries are most represented by players in the Premier League. So that's the nationality of different players. What countries are most represented? And I'm using the most, not minutes played or anything like that. I'm using the most amount of players. Wait, so the most amount of players for that, like in proportion to that country, are in the, like a number of players that are playing in the Premier League? That played number of players who have made up an appearance in the Premier League. How many, am I trying to guess the top five? Top yep, top five. Okay. Ready, go. England? England's number one. Spain? England's, or Spain's number two. France? France is number three. Germany. Germany's now in the top five. Uh, Italy? Nope. Scotland? Nope. Um, uh, Dutch? Netherlands? Nope. Um, Belgium? Yes, they're five. Is that all of them or why have one more? You're missing number four. Uh, you got ten seconds. Ireland? Scotland? Nope. Uh, Wales? Um, nope. Russia? Uh, no, not Russia. Not, no, not Russia, but... And three, Mexico. two, no, one, done. No, you Brazil. just got to South America. It was Brazil. I was... I was you went Russia before Brazil. I had tunnel vision on Europe. I don't know why. Uh, well, I got four of them. All right, yeah, it, not not bad. You just really that got was really easy though. Yeah, pretty easy. Uh, you got all five of them. So this next one's a little bit more difficult. Okay, you can also get 30 seconds for this one. This is which nations have the quickest minutes per goal ratio, meaning they have the least amount of minutes per goal scored to represent this country in the Premier League. This in season? the Premier League this season, so like minimum two goals scored. Minimum two goals scored. And you want me to get the top five in this one? Top three. top three. Ready, set, go. Egypt. Egypt is number one. Good job. Um. Gabon? Gabon, no. Is that where the Mauling's from? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Actually. Or Guinea or something? Um, no. It's not that. Uh, it's not. Argentina? Nope. Um, where's our top score? It's not England. Um, I'm running out of time here. You I got know, 15 seconds. Difficult. 
Um, you got 10 seconds. France? Nope, uh, I'm being pretty generous on the time here. Five. I don't think I can get another one. Three, two. Oh, well, Korea. Yes, got it right at the buzzer. I'll give you that one. South Korea, well done. In a, in a bit of a panic, frantic answer. So we got Egypt being the top. That was an easy one. With Mohamed Salah, and South Korea being the last with Sun. Sun Mania, or the third, yes. The second one's a little interesting. It's, Wait, I want to, don't give it away. Give me a little hint, though. It's an attacking midfielder who's from a very small country. There's, I don't, I think you believe he's the only player in the Premier League representing this nation. He scored a couple goals. Switzerland? Not more than, I think not more than five. Not he's from a top, a top six club. Yeah, Shakiri. Nope. Oh, um. He plays for Arsenal, I'll give you that. Oh. Uh, if you say the player, I'll give you the country because you might not know what country he's from. I, I don't know. It's uh, Armenia by Henrik Mkhitaryan. Oh, Mkhitaryan. Oh, yeah. I didn't think he. I wouldn't have guessed him that he had scored that much this year. He did just score this weekend, though. Minimum, yeah, minimum two goals. Um, so the does he only have two? The I think he has three. Might have more than that. Um, but wait, the, wait, 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 wait. But what about Aubameyang? It's not on the minutes per goal. Then that that has to be a mistake. No, it's it, that this is this is like because he, he has more. So many minutes? He's more a lot more minutes than Mkhitaryan and Son. But is he up there though? He was up there. Oh I'll have to go back God, and fact check. But great, Obama, he's got like five times the goals that Aubameyang or the Mkhitaryan. A lot more minutes. Gabon was in the top. Uh, I want to say the top. That was 15. a good guess too, Gabon. Yeah, decent guess. Decent guess. Um, okay. So then the last question, oh. fun trivia. Um, this one, I'll just be impressed if you get. Who had what country has the most minutes per goal in the Premier League? So the most amount of so minutes minimum played. Minimum one goal. Minimum one goal. It has scored. They have scored. Is it only one though? Yep. Oh man! What country and who scored? We're gonna have to start narrowing down clues. Here yeah. Well, it's just kind of funny. This is why I picked this question, and then I want you to guess the player. Most minutes played is one goal scored for the country. Yep. Oh, sheesh. Um, Hopefully it's thrown off with an incoming transfer this summer. Is that... For next season. America? Yes, the United States have the most minutes per goal. I thought about that. Like over... I'm trying to think of who scored. Was it Tim Ream? No, it's a good guess. Tim Ream has made some appearances. He was was racked up the minutes. Um, Other appearances are from Danny Williams. And then this is the one American player with the goal this season. Is it a defender? Yep. Uh oh, speedster. Yeah, I know. Right, right back. Oh, uh, DeAndre Yedlin. Yes, DeAndre Yedlin. So America has the most minutes per goal this season. The Premier I'm surprised they have a goal with those. Are the, those are the guys that are. Playing. Yeah, DeAndre's always going to get on the score sheet. You love He's, that. He hasn't played that much, has he? Uh, he plays decent up. In yeah, Newcastle. I mean, he starts week yeah. in week out for Newcastle. So they have a lot of. Obviously, they have defensive players now in the Premier League, and so they have quite a few players who have a bunch of minutes. Um, but yeah, Egypt, Armenia, South Korea. But the you Brazil did a good one was stupid. I take blame on that one. The get bottom one, I thought I had it. And then South Korea was a good last Yeah, South Korea was a good last one, I guess. Um, so overall, Chris did pretty well um, expanding outside of England with the nationalities of players. It's always interesting to see kind of where these players come from, especially like, you know, it's kind of a hot topic looking at the transfer ban for, for Chelsea. Um, we like following... You know, I like following what countries are doing well and what countries have some young and up, upcoming players. There's a lot of talk right now about the the young Dutch team. Um, 
stacking like Ajax is really really good in the Champions League this a season. They have a young, bunch of good young players out there too. Right. Yeah. I mean, we obviously t- like watching international soccer too. We started this by doing the World Cup. So right. Um, so that'll transition us to the Predictor app. So Ooh. quick shout out to uh, longtime Just Goes to Show listener Andrew Lockman. Um, Andrew uh, and Drizzle um, ended up getting the first three results right. Well, you know, he got weekend. the first two exactly right. First two exactly right. And then he got Palace. He had 2-1 and it was 4-1. So that was his first mistake. First mistake. And then it just kind of went downhill. All but he, shaped. he finished just less of the money. But it was really interesting because, I mean, the first two exactly right. It makes you feel a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think he was still the best out of any of any of our friends that sent us, any of our listeners that sent us. So we're going to do the same thing. Their matches are on Tuesday and Wednesday. So you got to do it by day like noon central tomorrow around that time right and again um, free money so let's try to pump this out here so we can let's get go. a few more entries this time um, and then we'll do it again for the weekend alright so let's break down by fixture quick word with the score prediction uh, first fixture Leicester versus Brighton Chris interesting uh, Quad PL just sacked Leicester at home hate Brighton I think Leicester will sneak out a goal I went 1-1 I don't, yeah. I don't really see a whole lot between these sides, and I think maybe they'll be a little bit motivated now that Claude's gone. I don't know. We'll see. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I reckon actually Leicester are going to respond pretty well. Are they you pretty hate Brighton. I, and I hate Brighton. Exactly. It's a good combination. But I know I do reckon, I, I do think that Leicester, it's kind of what they need. You know, you look at like with Manchester United when Jose Mourinho left, they got a lot more free-flowing free uh, once you kind of it's just that. It's just a very quick turnaround uh, since it's a midweek fixture, so we'll see right. how that goes. But, yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes it can be a spark. And I think that less, some of the Leicester players will be willing to take some more risks and be a little bit more free-flowing. So I'm excited for this one. I reckon they win 2-0. Okay. And then we go to Newcastle-Burnley. I'll leave this one here. This is going to be a gritty fixture. I guarantee you, at least if there's more than one goal, they're all going to be all from set pieces. Very little goals from open play um, because they both play very rigid defensively, both very organized. It's going to be a defensive matchup. It's at Newcastle, so I reckon they win 1 0 at home. Tough place to go. Yeah, Newcastle looking good with their new boy, Almiron. I actually was going to say, I think their one goal will come from an Almiron, either set piece or creation. He uh, he drew a red card in the 20th minute against and had six chances created, the most by any player on their Premier League debut. Yeah, and remember, I mentioned him a couple weeks ago, Al so I get all the credit. Newcastle. I should go with Rafa my boy Benitez, McNeil. You're welcome. I should go with my boy McNeil, but yeah, you're, you're picking against him. Yeah, that's no. I thought he was. They haven't lost all year, Jack. I know. You're picking against Premier They haven't lost in 2019. I reckon they're gonna lose. I'm going to uh, Newcastle two to one. I think Newcastle are going to get, find some form here. I don't think they're going to be in the relegation battle at all at the end of the season. All right, so we got Newcastle both winning there. Uh, then we're going to go to arsenal Bournemouth. I'll start here. I get Arsenal wrong every time. It doesn't matter. If I pick them to lose, they win. Pick them to win, they lose. I'm, right. I'm off on them every time. So I'm going 2-1 Arsenal. They're almost guaranteed to lose this one. <laughs> I think I've gotten them wrong every time this season. We've talked about him. Yeah, I, I mean, you're very out of touch with Unai Emery and his side. I think he's a you know supreme motivator. He's I picked him to win, so he's definitely going to have a job longer than Sorry. So that's going to be that's true. Uh, I, I'm, too bad we didn't make a bet on that. Come, we got like a tattoo or something. Yeah, come the end of the season, I'm going to look a lot smarter because because uh, Unai Emery will still have a job next season. But, but I mean, wait, wait, that's uh, interruption quick. That's because one of them's manager for Chelsea and one's Arsenal. Arsenal had the same manager for like 20 years. Chelsea didn't win every five months. You should have factored that. In I should have, but anyway, okay, sorry. Um, ownership has not changed. I'm going to go Bournemouth uh, to lose three two. I'm, I'm going to go with Arsenal to win as well. So two um, Arsenal, three two Arsenal. Uh, there's a lot of goals in this game. It's going to be very free flowing. It's at the Emirates again, a library. But Bournemouth like to go at teams, um, and Josh King has found a couple goals in, in the past few weeks. 
uh, scored from the spot this past weekend. I reckon there's going to be some goals in this one. Interesting you forgot to mention Callum Wilson. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Next game, uh, <laughs> then we're going to go to Chelsea Spurs. I'll lead off with this one. I reckon Spurs win 2-0, and sorry gets a sack after the match. I would have, that would have let off. I would have picked the sack after the match. Oh. I won Spurs 3-1. Uh, came back and scored already over the weekend. Yeah, he know, did. Maybe he'll play again. He, he should against Chelsea. He's playing Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, I'm going 3-1 Spurs. I think, sorry, he'll be sacked. Will Keppa play? Keppa? Keppa? Uh, I reckon he will because sorry he's lost control. And I think we'll play. Willie right, we're all on the same side of this one. So yeah, it's not that interesting, he, I guess, but. yeah. We did not discuss this one either. I was uh, kinda... That's we're right though. What if, if we're wrong? Then it's one thing. But if we're right, then yeah. I so yeah. I think Chelsea. I think Chelsea lose sack sorry, and then Eden Hazard's officially out this summer. It's just all it's all downhill. And, and I said this a few weeks ago. I said it was going to be downhill. Wait, why are we talking about Chelsea again? Sorry, it's sorry. Like um, okay. Then um, for the last game, we've got Man City versus West Ham. Chris? Yeah, uh, City have caught form. Uh, they're they're going to be unbeatable again. I'm already regretting my Liverpool pick two to win the title, even though they're a point up right now. City, I think, are already a machine the rest of the season. Exactly. So I, I'm going 2 0 City over West Ham. I don't think West Ham are going to be able to do anything. I think it's going to be domination by City. Should have stuck with City. Come the end of the season, I'm going to have all these predictions right. I may suck at trivia every week, but I'm definitely a lot better at predicting what's going to happen. It looks wrong for so you. long, and now we get to March and. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, the good comes true. But I – it's, again, I was actually a little bit tempted to pick against City in this picture. They're at home. West Ham played Liverpool pretty well a, lot, uh, a, couple, a few weeks ago. And so I was thinking, what if they defend well? City just came up a cup, cup final over the weekend. What if they're a little tired, played 120 minutes? I went City to win 4-1. Just absolutely batter West Ham. Just uh, you can't pick against City. If you do, you're an idiot. Um, Then again, I did see them lose this season in person. But you you just can't. If you're picking scores, predictor app, you can't. I feel good about that one. Um, I did want to say one other thing about these fixtures, these midweek ones. If you're thinking about taking a day off work, a little sick day, maybe you're going to have a long conference room meeting uh, during one of these days, pick Wednesday. The Tuesday matches are bad. Yeah, it's it's shocking. All the good teams play on Wednesday. The whole top six plays on Wednesday, plus Palace, so what more do you need than that? Palace are in the top six, yeah? I think so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, oh, no, seriously, all the good games are on Wednesday, and so, you know, if you're, if you're T-voing them up, um, or, you know, you're coming down with a bit of a scratchy throat, do it on Wednesday. Yeah, the Tuesday's rough. Alright, um, that's really it. We're gonna, so, there are matches coming up over the weekend as well, Saturday and Sunday matches. So, We'll probably we'll, we'll do another predictor before that and tweet it out. I don't know if we're going to release any audio stuff before then. We'll see. Maybe we'll get a little cheeky episode in towards the end of the week. Yeah. It's always good seeing the uh, little pod stats, you know, when the listens are happening. Um, obviously, guys, as much interaction as possible. We do appreciate the predictor apps, but also topics, things you guys want to hear, you're curious about. Um, I got a couple texts about Maurizio Sarri and how we're going to talk about him for far too long. We obviously did that. Yeah, um, feedbacks did too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, what did that guy say to you at work about, he said he was listening to the pod, what did he say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> we have some people, like some friends, some people from work that will support us and be like, hey guys, I want to listen to the pod, but I'm not really that into soccer. I'm which like, oh, well, which like we're fist bumping, you know. We're yeah, like, oh, in. thanks. Like they heard about it or they wanted to say something to us, especially when it's girls to say it. But <laughs> <laughs> we, I was at the bar after work and this guy was like, hey man, I checked out the pod. Uh, and I was like, oh, really? I appreciate it. Like, what do you think? He's like, yeah, you know. I'm not really that into college sports, so it wasn't my cup of tea, but I listened to, like, 20 minutes. I was like, college sports? I was like, either he's 
lying through his teeth, or I don't know. He's yeah, guy just got the hots for you. He's trying to. Uh, hey, you know what, him. Anthony? If you're listening to this and you listened all the way through, say something to me at work about it. But I think you're, I'm calling you out on your bullshit. Yeah, it's not about college sports. Straight <laughs> bush league, dude. Maybe we just had a couple too many pictures that night, but anyway. Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, appreciate the loyal listening as always, guys. Um, that's all we got for this week. Um, like we said, fixtures are coming thick and fast this time of year, so a lot of content, a lot of predictor apps. Hopefully, someone wins money, free money, free money. Uh, but that's about it. Just goes to show. Everybody's human. Cheers, guys. Thanks.